I learned I learned from from a, a very important movie that the only winning move is not to play. Right. Yeah, that's why Rory is always winning. <laughs> Call him Roar Rorley Sheen for how much he's winning. <laughs> <laughs> Did we ever figure out why there was a half man in the in that <laughs> cast? <laughs> Did they ever address that? No, I don't think they did. I think it was one of those How I Met Your Mother scenarios where we kept thinking, like, next season's going to be the time. No, they never tell us which one is which one is the half. Yeah. I think I think they knew it was going to be a 20-season show when they, you know, when they started. And mm-hmm. just statistically, the boy who grows into a man, it's not ne- just, if you do the math, it's never three full men, right? Yeah. Because, mm. because you know, you could have been, been most be 2.99 men. But it's just not it's not really rolling off the tongue that way. That that's just full house with with fewer people. Everything is full house <laughs> with more or less people. <laughs> if, that's, if that's the criteria. God, you know, I love Game of Thrones, but it's just full house with more people. <laughs> so many characters. Oh my god. Which one I is really the prefer- uncle which one is Uncle Joey? Is there a show that's full house with less people though? Yeah. Two and a half men. <laughs> <laughs> Long ago in a distant land. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. I'm your host, Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. We are an adult podcast about children's cartoons. Auga. Auga, auga. This week, we're, everybody here at Saturday Morning Tuesdays is, uh, we're standing at the edge of a cliff. We're, we're adrenaline junkies. We're doing dangerous stuff. We're doing stunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm totally on board. I'm. I've done this before. I've done this before, and I'm old hat. This is this is not terrifying in the slightest. I'm definitely gonna jump off this cliff. What about you, Austin? See, that's really good to hear. That's good to hear because I bought a wingsuit at REI, uh, ah, and mm, I've never mm. done it before. Uh, but it seems cool as shit because you can fly. You can become like Birdman. And um, I'm eating a glass bottle. Oh, okay. Oh, so your your thing doesn't have to do with the cliff at all, really. It's. It's just jump when we all jump, but right now I'm doing other dangerous stuff here at the top. (laughs) I see. (laughs) You're sort of working up to it. Are you like swallowing it whole like a snake, or are you crunching that down? Uh, I'm eating it. I'm eating it one bite at a time. I put I I I eat a a glass bottle like everyone else, (laughs) one bite at a time. You know, it's 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 on the food pyramid. Where exactly? (laughs) It's the one. It's the one with all the all the little shards at the top. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Is it the walls of the pyramid? (laughs) (laughs) Now eat your glass. Son, I go to work 40 hours a week. (laughs) (laughs) Now eat your glass. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, this this incredibly well-fitting and definitely used before flight suit that I'm wearing... uh, You know, we've seen a lot together, this suit and me. And uh, and I'm going to show you the ropes, Austin. Just... uh, just as soon as I'm ready. Are you ready? 
Uh, yeah. You know what I should do first is watch some 90s Nicktoons. Oh, thank God. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, totally. We can wait. If you want us We're to wait, we can wait. We're all chickens and, uh, are, and can't, uh, it's gonna be hard for us to engage with the theme this week. We might have to just talk about Hey Arnold all, all episode. <laughs> <laughs> As a distraction from what we're unable to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, we're definitely going to jump off this cliff. I swear to God. We're precious indoor kids. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen an outdoor. Uh yeah, we watched Hey Arnold. We were to, we 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 were in week two of my my little pet project week that uh, that Austin and Rory have so graciously let me do. Um, and last week we watched four separate uh, uh, eleven minute segments. And for this week and next week, we're going to be watching the full twenty twos. Uh, so we only watched two episodes today. And my my little theme for this week is uh, is that we are watching two of what I think are the uh, underappreciated Hey Arnold holiday episodes. I think these are worth their salt, but nobody talks about them. And that just rubs me the wrong way as a piece of shit Hey Arnold fanboy. So we're doing we're it. We're going to talk about them now. We're going to put, we're going to stamp our names on the Hey Arnold, you know, wall of fame. <laughs> <laughs> we're contributing to the discourse. You know? <laughs> Bartlett Senpai is going to notice me. Um, and yeah. Uh, and it's yeah, not, so this week, I think we need to pause on that because I think that was said less ironically than we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one may assume at, at first glance. See, I know you, now I realize you're referring to Craig Bartlett, creator of Hey Arnold, but I thought you were talking about Jed Bartlett, the fake president <laughs> for the West Wing. Either and one I just works. sort of accepted it and because it felt true to who you are, Andy. <laughs> Shut up! This isn't about me and my and my obsession with Bartlett's, both fictional and real. (laughs) Fruits are people, (laughs) and he loves a good pear. Oh my god! You're, you know how you know how you know that joke was bad, Austin. You felt you needed to explain it immediately. I did. Yeah, yeah. I had Uh, to come right in with the backup. I'm not even going to give it a chance to die on the vine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna pluck that, plug just it right here. Like all pluck pears. that pear, <laughs> like notor- notorious pears. <laughs> uh, so this week, this week we watched two episodes. We watched the uh, the the Veterans Day special from season four, and we watched the Thanksgiving special from season three. And I believe that's the order we decided we wanted to talk about them. Is that correct? Yeah, Veterans yeah. first, Thanksgiving second. Yeah. So why don't we? I don't know, Rory. Tell us what we're gonna do on in. We are going to, uh, uh, I don't know what the verb for wingsuit is. Is it just fly? <laughs> is it glide? Think, We're going to glide right glide. in? A couple of those are pretty good, I think. I think glide right in is good. All right, I push Austin off the cliff. Well, okay. Oh, are we doing like a text-based adventure? <laughs> <laughs> Get knife. Use knife on Austin. Oh, no. Uh, let's Let's glide right in. Well, everybody, I am zoring and zooming 
Uh, I gotta say Zoring because I'm going so fast and I don't have time to really think about it. I'm recording everything on my GoPro. You have to say Zoring because you're interning for Ziv Zoolander. (laughs) Yeah, that's gotta be it. Um, The Junior Bots Master Club. (laughs) Well, look, I'm going so fast in this wingsuit through this sort of canyon. Through the sort of canyon. The sort of canyon. Look, I can't really tell. I've never been here before. Uh, I don't know how to land, but that's to, that's a problem for tomorrow, you know? Uh, how long I guess. do you I'm, think we'll be up here? <laughs> I don't know. Airplanes take like hours to get to places. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I assume it'll be a while. Uh, but those idiots, I don't need gas. I'm not paying for gas or, or airplane tickets. So uh, who's, who's the... <laughs> Who's the smart guy now? Um, so as I'm flying, it's good to reflect on your life and to think about some of the great things I've seen, like season four, episode 15 of Hey Arnold, Veterans Day. Uh, <laughs> and here is the synopsis. Arnold's grandpa recalls his adventures as a soldier in the Second World War, outwitting a regiment of Nazis, while Gerald's dad, Martin, remembers his own time serving in Vietnam. Gerald thinks his father is not a real hero, being just a file clerk, while Arnold believes Grandpa's telling another tall tale, especially after Grandpa's called out during his story for claiming he found he fought and beat up Hitler, which <laughs> Grandpa does admit he made up. However, both boys are proven wrong when Arnold sees a statue dedicated to his Grandpa and a visitor from Martin's past shows up. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk out my ass on this, but I can't think of another cartoon that did Veterans Day. Can you? I I feel like some have. I feel like it's not completely unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really think that Hey Arnold has done a great job of, uh, I think, and this is true of the Thanksgiving too, and of, um, I think just a lot about Hey Arnold in general, but showing an iceberg of a situation, yeah. you, we see the tip of something that only children see. We see the kid's perspective of something happening, but we get the suggestion that there's a lot more under the surface, right? Instead of seeing all of it and have it be sanitized and unrealistic, we're kind of just getting the part that kids see. And I really like that. And it's probably a better approach anyway, because like you said, if you, if you try, if we tried to do some sort of like, you know, Oh, like Arnold and Gerald imagine themselves back in world war two. And they're doing this whole thing. Like, I don't know the, the whole concept kind of starts becoming a little trite. And like, right. like, it doesn't mean very much, but like, I think what's, what's really cool about this episode is that it focuses in on, it focuses in on just the angle of these kids hope their guardians were war heroes and right. like exploring what that means, what that means to them and what that means to their dads. And, and yeah, we, we sort of see both cases where they were not gunmen in a foreign country. You know, they were kind of like timid desk people or people who sort of, you know, not not the idea of bravery, but still kind of wound up doing something really cool and did serve their country. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Now, uh, I I briefly spoke with Austin before we recorded this episode. uh, And Austin said this this one felt a little bit like a Simpsons episode to him. As our resident Simpsons fanatic, what do you think about that, Rory? I can see that it's got the kind of DNA of a, of a Simpsons episode. Um, I, I didn't have that immediate uh, reaction to it. Um, it felt, it felt to me earnest in a way Simpsons does it from time to time, but so I would not mm-hmm. say with the regularity, Hey Arnold, uh, pulls it out. 
Yeah, I guess I guess to clarify that, it felt the most like a Simpsons episode of Hey Arnold, of, of what I've seen of Hey Arnold. Part And a lot of that is because half of this episode was narrated by Dan Castellaneta. Yeah, so, sure, I mean, that, you know, that doesn't when you've hurt. Got, when you've got Homer's voice sort of in, you know, a good yeah. 60% of, of the runtime, you know, it's easy to sort of start thinking well, about that. It, it, it certainly has this sort of... Um, the tried and true Simpsons structure. We sort of start on a, you know, a, a little, a little bit that sort of zigzags into, into a body that isn't that related to what was going on in the first couple mm-hmm. minutes. And then yeah. Sort of yeah. ends on a, ends on a sort of punchy, uh, mm-hmm. punchy moment. It, it yeah. carries, carries through in a way Simpsons won't usually do, but had it ended, uh, when we find out about, uh, uh, grandpa's statue, it's got a very, uh, it's got a reveal that I, I can think of from The Simpsons, like when Homer yeah. finds out his middle name is Jay at the... Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's also... Um, Simpsons has also created a food hybrid that has poisoned people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Cham has a very... Is a Simpsons yeah. show, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, this whole this whole story we get from Grandpa... I mean, I, we can we can briefly talk about... Set the, it up, yeah. ...the, the, the thing, because they, they... Both Arnold and Gerald are kind of stoked for their Veterans Day three-day weekend, and their, uh, their excitement is pretty divorced from, you know, remembering veterans. They just want three-day weekend, like probably most kids. And... Uh, Grandpa and then uh, Gerald's dad, Martin, are both like like they they the the four of them run into each other at, I think, Slauson's the like ice cream place. And they get to talking about how like, oh, kids, kids don't know anything about Veterans Day. Like they don't appreciate it. And, you know, how they both served. And then they get this wild hair. where like, you know what? We're going to go to the Veterans Day parade in D.C. And it's like an 18 hour drive. And they sort of trump whatever, like, you know bowling or golf plans that the kids were thinking about for this three-day weekend and no this is what they're doing and so most of the episode takes place on their road trip to dc right yeah and through that time you know then they they tell the each dad or each parent tells their their war story um although it's worth mentioning at the in the setup uh that phil grandpa phil was having trouble telling his story to the boarding house he kept wanting to tell his story and yeah as, as soon as he gets ready to tell a story, everybody has to clear out. Uh, you know, Gramps, I just remembered uh, I, I left my underwear in the dryer. Yeah, I also left my underwear in Ernie's dryer. Hey, wait a minute. Where y'all going? I'm late for my sewing circle. Hey, come back here, you. I'm not finished. I, oh. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun because, you know, of course, it's 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 not like a, uh, you know, some sort of uh, super novel story structure. But, like, you know, we spend the whole episode kind of thinking that grandpa's just being grandpa and you know basically making up half of his story and then we find out at the end that most of what he said was real he was 19 dickety two (laughs) (laughs) yeah and his story is kind of wonderful it's Uh, amazing (laughs) he's like handpicked for some weird mission in france where he's supposed to deliver he says i was handpicked to deliver a truckload of bad cham what's cham <laughs> <laughs> yeah he goes off on this whole thing about how cham was like this weird experimental meat from the 40s that oh, they God, briefly introduced to, play, to the government we have to play his description of cham because first they're like is that like spam and he gives a very sort of corporate sponsored uh, uh <laughs> blessing of spam in case they are you know, yeah. a corporate sponsor of Nickelodeon. Cham. What's Cham? 
Is that like Spam? No, it's completely different. Spam is a delicious, nutritious, ham-based product enjoyed by millions of people all over the world for more than 50 years. Jam, on the other hand, is a combination of chicken and ham byproducts randomly packed in leaky tin containers and briefly introduced to the military for experimental purposes in December of 1944. No, I found it to be, I found it to be an actually pretty, uh, pretty smart subversion here where... I think spam has taken on this uh, sort of pop culture role, Mystery probably, meat. but I I, yeah. I, I I can't speak directly because, um, you know, veterans were forced to eat it and it was probably not prepared very well. And so it's sort of under mm -hmm. like the sort of general vibe in the zeitgeist is that spam is bad. Uh, and I am right. not a, a spam apologist. I've never had, had it in, <laughs> in huge quantities, but. It did wind up sort of having this second life in, in you know, different cultures, Hawaii, Korea, totally. yeah. as well as like, you know, just underprivileged communities. It was a smart play to not just like spend the whole episode dog and spam. Yeah. 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 When you can get Absolutely. a better joke and create jam, yeah. which is chicken and ham. <laughs> <laughs> chicken and ham byproducts. Uh-huh. That they use for experiments. Yeah. It was, it was used for experimental purposes. <laughs> Oh, oh man yeah so funny. his whole his whole story is about trying to d deliver a truckload of bad cham to the germans and get them to eat it and uh and it's ridiculous uh along the way there's a there's an incredible moment where he, he's like he a starts... sapper behind enemy lines like he's like a he's like a saboteur and you know in paris yeah. except it's just a truck of bad meat except he <laughs> yeah. fell in a hole and got a concussion and was woozy on pills and remembered half of what he was supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> There's an incredible moment where he's describing on his trek his trek through France that he uh, he stops at like a, a French farmhouse. But the farmer had gone off to join the French army, and there was no one left at home except his three beautiful daughters. There was no room in the farmhouse, but they agreed to let me spend the night in the barn. Just when I was about to nod off, there came a knock on the barn door. It was the oldest daughter, Monique. She was bathed in moonlight. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Martin's like Phil. Maybe maybe skip on down to the next part. No, no, hold on. No, as look as somebody who wrote clothing descriptions for three years, I have to. He he specified a wearing a figure flattering diaphanous peasant dress. <laughs> <laughs> God, and, and he he definitely smashed with that lady. Oh, yes, hundred percent smashed, and they and didn't he was even just about to tell the kids about it and like when we cut back and and martin's like maybe we shouldn't tell them this part we see the kids in the back seat they have like they're like edge of their seat ready to hear this part <laughs> and then they like sit back the down <laughs> <laughs> of course now he gets he gets uh, approached by the germans and now we 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 absolutely need to talk about the, 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 the brownie face nazi <laughs> well so first there's hitler so first Yes. Uh, Phil gives his sort of original version of the story is when well, Little did I know I turned and saw the most horrible sight anyone could ever see There standing over me with eyes glowing like fiery coals was the Fuhrer himself Adolf Hitler Grandpa You did not fight Adolf Hitler You're making this all up <laughs> Okay, you got me. All right, so it wasn't Hitler himself, but it was a whole brigade of Nazi soldiers. And they are, they're wearing the Nazi armbands, but for, you know, somewhat obvious reasons for a kid show, and also because, like, 
they didn't want to have to reanimate it for various places. And there are countries where it is illegal to show a swastika. They don't have a swastika on the armbands. It's it's just a frowny face. (laughs) It's a frowny face. In fact, the eagle cap on the officer's helmet and the the other on the officers the officer's eagle like cap has that sort of like insignia and the eagle is clutching again a frowny face <laughs> well the fun part of it too they don't they don't really you know examine the contours of this but you know within this is like a framed story inside the show so i i like the idea that it doesn't have to be beholden to real history because it's just totally. his, it's his own personal story uh, yeah you right. know he's and talking about their armbands and, and arnold be like what was on them uh <laughs> frowny faces <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. like he can just not explain a swastika to his 11 year old kid and i like that yeah exactly and yeah so they they he he's approached by these uh these evil germans and uh there's sort of like this mind game that the German major plays with himself about like, is it really bad meat or is that what you want us to think? That's what I want you to think because it is. It's bad meat. It's very bad. Mm. Since you are the enemy, if the meat was bad, you would want me to eat it. So therefore, logically, you would tell me the meat was good. Isn't that right, American? Right, sure. It makes sense to me. And right. of course, it all ends up with the entire platoon like eating all of the bad jam. Yeah. Also, yeah. a fun, a fun little um, bow on this on this old trope of like the you know if if I'm gonna if you think I will then I will that whole sort of you know yeah. loop. Phil right. Phil realizes if he just allows this guy to just be the smarter person and just let him let him yeah. then uh, you know things will sort of basically work themselves out. And I yeah. like yeah, it's it's nice, it's nice. Yeah, I love that line because because Phil clearly wasn't following all of it, but he's like no. No, at first he was too stupid. He thinks I'm an idiot, so let's just play into it. And uh... uh-huh. <laughs> now, now he's the idiot. <laughs> yeah, it was a really wonderful interaction. Uh, also, it was a twist that I did not see coming. I, I yeah. did not see. I did not see coming. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, uh, um. No, I just he was he was off to deliver. Thanks, you know, Reddit. Some bad cham and or off to to what dispose of the bad cham to to a disposal yeah. site or something and gets lost I, and the Nazis eat it. And, and, and then through that, he's able to like single-handedly win the battle of the bulge. <laughs> Cause they're all, they're all so sick and they all have the runs. What did, what did he say in the, it was like runs. Gave you the runs like there was no tomorrow. My favorite joke of this episode happens immediately after his story is done. Uh, it cuts back to him and like driving the car and he's like, they marched under Berlin and won the war. Because of me. America achieved victory and total domination over the Germans. Then it cuts immediately. There's this car driving by. This like German <laughs> car full of like stereotypical Germans all eating sausages and going, oh, and he says, oh, stupid Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> so Phil finishes his story and now it's Martin's turn to talk. And you can tell he's been kind of a little like apprehensive. He was like, yeah, we'll both tell our war stories. And then Grandpa's is like, you know, a movie. And he's kind of a little like, oh, well, my story's not that great. But he starts telling uh, what happened to him in the war. And Gerald is like really expectant because he's kind of like, yeah, maybe my dad's a war hero. And as he's listening, uh, what I really like is that this this cuts to the core of like what made Vietnam 
like so rough in so many ways for for like the soldiers and for just regular people like his whole story starts with like the the moral quandary of do I flee to Canada or do I let myself yeah. you know get drafted yeah. yeah and like sort of being upfront in a kids show about like I don't know you know that I believed in what my country was doing but in the end I decided to serve yeah yeah it's like there were there were you couldn't really be a hero in Vietnam because <laughs> yeah because it was the it was a bad war <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't know I th- I thought it was interesting and then of course you know. What sucks for Gerald in this moment is that he finds out that his dad wasn't in combat. He, like, missed most of basic training due to the flu. And they sort of skip over the, uh, I think, a really interesting, well, not only interesting, but, like, kind of devastating part of that. Like, he was sick during basic, and then they still shipped him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, like, they, yeah, they really kind of move past that, but that that in itself is upsetting. And then because he missed all of his training, he doesn't know how to handle a rifle and he drops the rifle during practice and it goes off when it hits the ground and shoots his uh, his colonel in the butt. And uh, because of that, they reassign him to the medical records department. And he spends the rest of the war, for the most part, filing paperwork. And uh, Gerald is so crestfallen. Yeah. And I don't know. It's such a cool angle. I love I love this angle on the, on, on this episode. It just... It, it also it also kind of lays bare how how screwed up it is, like what we think of being war heroes and like, you know, the, the, the fact that Gerald would even like as a kid growing up want his dad to have fired a gun and killed a man like like it's an interesting it's an interesting comment on the perspective. And to Martin's yeah. credit, for the most of the episode, he does not he does not get mad at Gerald for feeling the way he does. He just is really trying to explain his side of things and like what he feels like doing service to his country was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we have this really amazing discussion with Gerald and Arnold. And Arnold is on Martin's side and is like, hey, look, like, he was still a good guy. Like, it doesn't matter if he was, you know, shooting and Arnold still or thinks, whatever. And Arnold still thinks his grandpa's full of shit. So he's like, he told right. you, he talked to us like a grown-up. And he didn't yeah. just make up some yeah. silly story about beating up Hitler. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he like, he told the truth and he was like, being a good person. That really, that really hit me, you know, that really like, yeah, yeah, especially in, in addressing a, you know, a war that, that didn't go great. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was exactly bad for a lot of reasons. And uh, I, uh, to touch on that was, was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's the, you know, it's not, it's not Hey Arnold's first brush with, uh, with Vietnam. That's true. Um, considering we watched the, uh, the Christmas episode from a couple years ago with, uh, with Mr. Wynn being separated from his daughter and uh that was i mean that was already like a different sort of uh gut punch but like another really cool way that this show like tried to connect with weird american history and show it to kids you know yeah Yeah. and it's um you know austin at the beginning talked you know talked about the the iceberg of hey arnold and it's a thing that i'm reminiscent of with uh life with louis where it's like Mm -mm. just kind of addressing the fact that if your parent was like you know a, a war veteran uh, from a one of our serious spooky wars that like that's just gonna that's gonna bleed into your life mm-hmm. yeah it's just gonna yeah. be a factor for you yeah, yeah. and i'm kind of surprised not as many 90s shows uh brought it up yeah i feel like a very very few actually actually confronted it and life with louis is one of those and harold is the other i uh the the interesting part of all of this for me is that uh 
the Gerald and Martin dynamic is not something that Hey Arnold really dove into very often. Um, most of the time when we've seen Martin, he's been kind of, uh, you know, the dad that complains about you leaving the light on and electricity doesn't grow on trees and that sort of thing. Like, you know, being very sort of like control the household sort of dad and like maybe a little bit of a stick in the mud and not very cool, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so what I really like about this episode is that it gives those two like an opportunity to like connect on something where they don't normally do that. You know, yeah. Gerald and his mom have moments together more often, I think, in the show than Gerald and his dad. And so this is this is kind of a nice one for me, like in the context of the whole show. Yeah, um, we should we should talk about Miller. Yeah. So the the one uh, thing that Martin says that he feels proud of that he did in Vietnam was other than I mean, being he was proud of all the paperwork he did. Uh, oh, yeah. But he he had to take some files up north and on his trek over he came across a, a a soldier who was wounded named what private miller or something like that yeah and he had a leg injury and he used because all he had on him were file folders uh <laughs> that he was able to create a rudimentary bandage out of file folders to like help help his wound i really expected an overly cute uh, Bo uh, on this moment where, you know, he had filed some, he, his, his file clerking <laughs> had, had led to some, to some, right. uh, somebody being saved to or, winning or whatever. Vietnam? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it wasn't, he just was in the right place at the right time and, you know, stepped up. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a, there's a weird thing. So the, the, the finale of this episode, uh, they go, uh, Arnold and his grandpa, find the the sort of <laughs> ignored monument overgrown by trees to Phil uh, that says he single-handedly won the Battle of the Bulge. And so Arnold gets to be like, holy shit, he's that's real. And Grandpa and him have a little fun moment. But uh, Martin takes Gerald to the Vietnam Memorial, the that, that big wall, the black wall with yeah. all the names on it. And uh, they, while there, uh, are approached by Miller, uh, who remembers Martin, and he comes up and he's like, Johansson? Private Johansson? Yeah. I knew it was you. It's Miller. Private Miller? Private Miller? You remember? Outside of Anlock? Back in 72. I remember. And they have this really cool moment, but what I think is kind of funny is that what happens almost, like it's it comes so close to undercutting their point, uh, because Martin has just been kneeling down talking to Gerald and being like, I know how much you wanted to believe I was some kind of big war hero. But the truth is, I wasn't. I didn't carry a gun, and I didn't fight in combat or anything like that. I just tried to give my best when my country asked me to. And if that was the message, that could have been great. But then it turns out that he was actually, like, a hero to someone. And the and Miller says, Pleased to meet you, Gerald. Hello. Did you know your father's a real hero? <laughs> As opposed to the <laughs> fake hero he almost was just a minute ago. Now right. he's a real hero because he saved the dialogue a guy. <laughs> there at the end is a tiny bit hokey, but the sentiment hit me. It was like, yeah, no, no, no. Not yeah, only did he help real. a guy, but like that guy now has a family, and I don't know, it mm -hmm. worked for me. No, it it really yeah. does. I just I find it funny how how the the wording almost ruins it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's really cool. I like that, and and so like Gerald gets to see that you know. He was wrong. Like, you know, there's there's sort of multiple dimensions to being a hero. And his dad actually, you know, he was he did the right thing at the right time. And that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. Well, and, and I feel like this this episode was such a it was such a smart way to handle Veterans Day because 
it was really actually putting its money where its mouth was. Like it was actually, it wasn't just somebody unrelated to some side character, just, just bloviating about like serving your country and doing what's mm-hmm. right. It doesn't have a stance. And, it's about people. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's no spirit of, there's no spirit of veterans day that you had to learn. <laughs> uh-huh. We had to learn about. <laughs> right. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't like Arnold and Gerald at the beginning were like, man, fuck veterans day. We don't care about <laughs> soldiers. It's like, well, we're going to have to teach these kids a valuable lesson. It's just like, Hey, they should, they should know. Like, and, and with all of this, we recognize as viewers that Arnold and Gerald were wrong. Like they, they had, you know, doubted their, their guardians or whatever you want to call it. Right. Like, and they were, they were in fact wrong. And, and yes, they weren't really respecting veterans day earlier on. They weren't thinking about it at all. And they were going to just go bowling or whatever, but we don't spend any time berating them afterwards. We just get Mm -hmm. to see them clearly having realized the truth and like what really matters. And like, we see them change and they're, you know, grandpa and Martin don't, aren't like, see, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like now, yeah. now you fucking respect us. It's like right, take that they, millennials. They, they take it as a moment to connect, and they take it for that, and and it's effective and lovely. We'll show these snowflakes a thing or two about respecting <laughs> our country. And I'm proud to be an American. Yeah. to know how I'm free. No, it's just like, hey, here's our stories, and like we fought, and we we thought it was important to us, and. Yeah. uh yeah, so I, I just thought that was really nice. It is yeah. nice. It's nice. I'm going to have to take up some, like, really angry, like, anti-Hey Arnold stance to make the show <laughs> interesting. We've got to get a heel in here, right? Well, okay. I mean, you, 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 you let me pick episodes, and if I only get three weeks, I wanted to show you guys good ones. Yeah. I'm not, sh- I'm not showing you uh, the, the Arnold Betrays Iggy episode that most fans hate. And that we could oh. probably dig into and hate. Uh, I'm showing you the stuff I love. So suck on that. Sorry, this isn't and a I'm combative episode. And I'm pretending the rest isn't real. <laughs> hey, Rory. What? Rory. Rory. What? It's, it's... I said what? How do you want to say what? How many takes <laughs> do we need of this? Yeah, right. no, one take is fine. One take is fine. First take, best take. Uh, it's time mm, for a sponsor. Mm, mm. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, there's a new sponsor that we have on the show. I'm very excited to hear you talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, please tell us about The Bachelor King. The Bachelor King is a guy uh, that we know, and he he reigns he reigns from the deepest basement in in uh, in town, uh, where his his kingdom. Do you remember? Do you remember the Lion King where Mufasa talks about <laughs> where Mufasa talks about what their kingdom is? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, everything the sun touches. Yeah, and uh, beneath that, beneath that is the kingdom of the Bachelor. The Bachelor King reigns <laughs> reigns day. So pretty much, if you don't live in Mufasa's territory, the Bachelor King's your liege. Yeah, you've got Day King Mufasa, and, and then the, <laughs> the night, guy who fucks the guy <laughs> the guy who fucks. Uh, and I guess that brings us to the ad, which uh, truthfully is one of the ones. If from time to time we get a perplexing ad where uh, just one of our friends, you know, sort of flexes on us and pays the nine dollars it costs to get an ad read, <laughs> right. and uh, the Bachelor King, uh, not a friend, but he is uh, in fact our our fearless leader. But uh, he specifically <laughs> said he doesn't have male friends. No. <laughs> 
Look, I don't, I don't really, you know, jam with all his politics. Some of them are pretty good. He's got a, he's got a good policy for, uh, you know, his his peasants work. I would say a pretty modest 30, 32 hours a week, max. Mm. Right. Okay. That's okay. awesome. And then the rest of the week they're just slaying puss, <laughs> man. Oh, okay. <laughs> you get Fridays off for a nonstop puss <laughs> jam. <laughs> In, in the Bachelor Kingdom. In the Bachelor Kingdom. Ugh. What if you're not interested in slamming? Oh. <laughs> if you're not, in, well, you've you've kind of moved to the wrong kingdom. Um, but <laughs> presuming, uh. pres, but you know, if we, if you, if you happen to be born, born of born of Bachelor Seed, you've grown, you've grown, <laughs> for, you've grown from a root uh, within his cave, within his cave system. You may you may decide uh, to seek out the light to move to above ground to mm. join the rest of us up here where everything's awful, but you have more options sexually. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond your your government allotted <laughs> slam piece, Friday slam fest. <laughs> I'm sorry. Does the Bachelor King just give out a flashlight to everybody under in their caves? <laughs> they grow like mushrooms. It's oh. uh, <laughs> the worst thing you've ever said. <laughs> Look, it wasn't my idea to talk about what goes on in the Bachelor Kingdom. He paid Andy nine dollars, and Andy put it on right. me. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> So unfortunately, that's what happens there. Uh, I wish it was a cool place to go for everybody, and it was like awesome and rad. Well, uh, the rent is cheap. The rent is real cheap, <laughs> and your because because his parents own the whole cave system. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, funny. thanks, Rory. You're welcome. And the weed is the weed is free. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You two have to hang out. Well, you have to hang out with him, which is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pay with money. Of debatable value. You don't pay with money. No, you don't. No, not at all. But yeah, so uh, check it out, maybe. You know, if you got you got a three-day weekend coming up, go uh, go hang with the Bachelor King. He has, uh, he's made it clear he's really, really excited for some company. <laughs> Hey, I almost died there. Almost hit a side of the canyon. Wow, I'm good at this, though. This is definitely the first time. I mean, not the first time that I've done this. And I'll show you how to land, Austin. Don't worry. But yeah, so we're, we're all going to be okay. Rory, how's that bottle? Oh, my bottle is uh, completely digested now. And oh. I and I have um, I, I've moved on to uh, just scorpions, just these canyon scorpions <laughs> that i've plucked from the ground i fell much quicker than you two are you eating them or what you know what whatever, whichever way the wind blows Just you kicking man. it dude <laughs> well rory's befriend befriending the local scorpions and uh we're watching season three episode 14 arnold's thanksgiving 
So here's a synopsis of this one. Arnold and Helga are sick of their family's Thanksgiving traditions. Arnold's grandma confuses Thanksgiving with Fourth of July and vice versa, so his Thanksgiving meal consists of hot dogs and watching fireworks. When the others will not help him convince Gertie otherwise, he leaves. Helga is upset that her family ignores her even on Thanksgiving, with Olga forcing everyone to help with the meal and then taking all the credit. Miriam ignores Helga's handmade centerpiece in favor of Olga's, and Big Bob just wants to watch the football game. So Helga leaves when her family puts her down for having nothing to be thankful for. They meet and go to Mr. Simmons, only to realize that compared to Thanksgiving with his family, theirs are not so bad after all. Arnold returns to a turkey and fireworks. Helga returns to a frantic family who are on the phone with the police and making flyers to find her. So this is a good one. Boy, howdy. I in the absence of, you know, really going through every episode again and ranking them and whatever, I, I am hesitant, but I feel like I can say this is my favorite episode of Hey Arnold. Mm. Uh, mm. I I just I mean, the like Native American stuff aside that didn't particularly age wonderfully. I I think this is one of the most effective like uses of these characters and their situations to tell uh like a surprisingly mature moral at the end of uh of an episode this one always spoke to me because i guess just for a few reasons one one being that like i'm just a sucker for any time helga and arnold kind of like take all of their normal interaction and like set it aside for like a real moment of common ground and and mr simmons too sort of like getting to see behind his normal shtick of like, oh, yeah, just being happy and kind of twee all the time and saying <laughs> things are special and like sort of getting to see more of what these people really feel uh, just really, really hits me hard. And uh, I mean, w w we can jump right into the episode here. But like the first thing that we see for the most part is uh, is this school play that's being put on by their class. It's like a Thanksgiving pageant. And yeah. Mr. Simmons has clearly written it. And the final uh, well, we can say more about it, but the final scene is like a modern Thanksgiving. And the way we cut back and forth between watching Mr. Simmons watching the show that he's clearly written and seeing him like mouth along the words, it's such a like upsetting tragedy of how much he's using this play like a like a like a Pinterest board for what he to hopes to work out his own shit. <laughs> yeah, like, oh man, I hope my Thanksgiving is gonna be like this. To the point that he even uses his real like Thanksgiving family's names in the play. Yeah. Yeah, like it's hey, so upsetting. Oh, oh, just Andy, can you really tell me what really quick? Um, what's the name of Sonic's uncle? <laughs> you mean From uncle Sonic Chuck? Chuck? Uncle Chuck. Yeah, now, what's the name of the uncle in uh, the, the teacher's uncle? Mr. Simmons' uncle Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you said this is your favorite episode. You're curious. Interesting. <laughs> just uh, curious is all. Just curious. Just asking questions. <laughs> you fucking chew my balls. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My mouth's too full of scorpions. <laughs> uh, so you? I had a question for you. Uh, it's uh, out of chronological order from the very beginning of the episode. We okay. see Arnold. He's riding his bike uh, to the uh, pageant or to the play. Now, in fairness yeah. to Arnold, um, the suit he is wearing is for the show, although we don't know that at the time, really. Mm -hmm. And he's got his his bicycle helmet is this like old timey leatherhead footballer helmet? Uh, and I, my question to you is: Is he is is this like the first appearance of the classical hipster? Of like, it, it, does does the hipster predate Arnold? Because I don't know. This, I don't know. Twee looking boy in his old timey hat. 
Arnold does feel like a Williamsburg hipster. Definitely. <laughs> yes, he looks like he would be plenty happy uh, oh. as an influencer living in Brooklyn. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's incredible. No, I think you might be right. Arnold invented the hipster. You heard it he'll here be first. Like, he'll be like brewing his own IPA uh, <laughs> in like ten years. Easy. Yeah. God. So the this play. Uh, the first act of the play, I guess, is is a very it feels very true to elementary school. It, you know, it, does. it is very upsettingly Pilgrim and Native American back and forth stuff with, you know, little white kids in, in you know, little leggings and <laughs> in feathers yeah. and that kind of that kind of situation. Um, mm-hmm. But I do enjoy it in in the way that it does feel true to what how crappy God. our elementary school that's what it was like and there's a fun little a little shift that we already touched on with the fact that uh the teacher mr simmons yeah yeah uh, has has written this thing himself and we we see that so it it gives it a an air of this is not being presented as fact this is what right. we're seeing who wrote it and we uh-huh. see that it is you know scripted and uh i don't know that everybody's yeah. going to put those things together but i like the attention to like just right. not presenting these as truth yeah also, somebody who lives in in a fantasy world and would rather have a sterile version of of history, yeah, uh-huh. uh, both with ancient history, uh, well, not that yeah. ancient, not uh, upsettingly not that ancient, um, <laughs> uh, you know, stuck the landing with with the, you know the Mayflower business, um, yeah, and then his own family being represented in Act Two as this sort of beautiful, perfect, uh, perfect family. Uh, having Thanksgiving and being very polite with one another and making fun jokes about how hungry they are. Um, Joy, how's it going at your job? Better than ever. I've been promoted. You're looking fabulous, Mrs. Simon. Have you lost weight? Oh, Peter, how sweet of you to notice. Can we eat now? (laughs) Good Chuck. We have to wait till we all say what we're thankful for. Oh, I'm thankful that I had an early lunch so I can eat more of this turkey. Oh, yeah. boy. And just the, the politeness and the, the gentle laughs were really fun. I love it when a kid show has enough self-awareness to make bad jokes that it well, knows they're so, bad. Well, it's so astute, too, because we, we participate in this fantasy that Thanksgiving is a cool holiday. In, in both right. in the... <laughs> In the history of it, and for just anybody who doesn't want to be locked in a house with their entire family for four yeah. fucking days, like, <laughs> we all pretend Thanksgiving is a not awful holiday. And yeah. for, I think, a significant majority of people who either care about their history or, you know, can't stand that, you know, that in that environment, mm-hmm. it's a yeah. it's a troubling one. Yeah. yeah, even like regularly normal functioning families somehow find a way for Thanksgiving to dredge up. Something, oh, it's the fucking because you know? I mean, it's, it's, just... it's all day at best if it's uh-huh. not the whole fucking weekend. Christmas, uh-huh. you're off the hook by noon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. God, I yeah. So there's there's a lot there's a lot to love about that. I love that it is it's so true in so many ways to at least my personal like childhood experience. All, all of across this whole episode. But yeah, so the, the play falls apart. Uh, it's not going well. Mr. Simmons is like literally backstage begging them to like nail this last scene, which is the most important one for him. 
And mm-hmm. in the meantime, we're cutting back and forth between Arnold bitching to Gerald and Helga bitching to Phoebe about how much they're not in the mood for Thanksgiving because they hate it. And Arnold's problem is that he says it's always a disaster. Grandma's confused and thinks it's the 4th of July, so they always barbecue hot dogs on the roof. He doesn't think he's ever had a real Thanksgiving. And then Helga has this diatribe that I think I just want to drop the whole thing because it's incredible. Thanksgiving. (laughs) How I hate it. Every year it's always the same. Miriam overcooks the stuffing. Big Bob sits in front of the TV like a bloated manatee, watching 18 football games and burping and groaning about how he shouldn't have eaten burritos for breakfast. Helga? And Olga flits around the house like some kind of annoying fairy princess, commanding me to help her prepare dinner. Uh, Helga. And meanwhile, I'm running around like a little servant girl. That speaks to a lot of a lot of real Thanksgiving shit to me. I mean, not Arnold's as much because, you know, his grandma had having dementia and, you know, or at least, you know, kid-friendly television dementia where we're not really touching that too much. Quirkiness. Well, you know, there there is an air of truth to that, too, where, like, so I think for the around about half my life, that's not dissimilar from my grandma. And, like, Mm -hmm. there's a significant portion of that of the time with, you know, with somebody with dementia that you're just you're just doing the song and dance like they're not getting worse. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. It's just like you're just you live daily life with a person whose memory is all goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and, you know, we we see that we see that grandma has like at least some awareness, especially near the end of this episode. Like she's got some awareness, like she's not completely like off the deep end. But like, you know, yeah, it it is kid friendly. She's not it's 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 not. Yeah, she's not Bojack's mom. Right. We never have an episode where Arnold comes home and she says, who are you? Like, there's no there's nothing like that that ever happens. But they toy with it and they sort of touch it enough. There's a lot of truth in just the sort of mundane part of it, too. That's just. Yeah. Mm hmm. Just somebody whose memory's not what it used to be. And the accommodations they make, because sometimes those people get really cranky and don't want (laughs) to, you know, we'll, 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 we'll deny that they are, you know. Having trouble with something. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know. So are we going to start a fight or is Thanksgiving going to be July 4th? Well, yeah. Thanksgiving is July 4th and this is what we do now. Well, and, well, and the they're going to forget again anyway. So what's the point right. of explaining the wrong? Right. Well, and uh, the amazing part about to go back really quick to Helga's monologue about her family. Mm-hmm. The part that I thought was so amazing about that was how kind of. It's almost subtle because they don't, Phoebe doesn't call attention to it. I think she could have called it out. But the fact that Helga is complaining about being bossed around, like she's mm-hmm. a little servant, and then is is at the same time is bossing Phoebe around like a servant. And yeah. Phoebe is, is like literally hemming her dress. Yeah, exactly. Is like <laughs> such a, such a keen way to push that, you know, the way that children process that. Yeah. And, if, and Phoebe is such a dutiful friend that I, it, it gives me a little anxiety seeing her just being constantly dumped on yeah or like at yeah. least not uh, helga not having they, the awareness of the way she's treating her friend right yeah they they ring that bell a few times they make that happen in a few special episodes not special but you know what i mean like uh, there's a sure. few certain episodes where like that dynamic is uh is tested explored yeah, yeah right uh right. and it's and it's always really nice um yeah. because phoebe's but, really cool yeah but just to just to have that be happening and we're already seeing like a cycle of abuse basically Uh (laughs) is is kind of dark and really you know just good writing and i guess i guess what i love is that while you can at the same you you can have both you can say 
Helga, you are kind of being, uh, you know, a privileged little kid who's just complaining about having to do stuff while also recognizing that there are serious problems in her house. Serious. Like, <laughs> like you can have both of those things at the same time. And I like that they try. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we we kind of get a little bit of back and forth montage uh, with them going home and dealing with what it's like to be there. Uh, Helga's getting ignored. She's made like a, a a little pine cone centerpiece, but Olga's already made this like fancy, like, I don't know, like an ice turkey or something for the centerpiece. <laughs> uh, and Olga is just the worst. Oh, I like her. I mean, they, yeah. they go, I think, a little too hard, making her overly uh, awesome uh, uh-huh. and, and impossible for Helga to live up to. But we also see that... Um, you know that her her anger towards her sister is entirely misplaced. Olga has no no yeah. ill will for for her little sister. No, right? She, just her head She's is just, in the sky. Yeah, because yeah. she's like a Ivanka Trump or whatever. You know, I mean, she, <laughs> she's like a you know like a yeah. Well, yeah, she's got strong Paris Paris Hilton vibes. Yeah, but but like she there's there's another incredible episode where. Uh, like Olga's home and Helga pretty much spends the whole time bending over backwards to like make her life a living hell. And she really screws her up. I think she like changes some test scores that she gets in the mail from college and shows that she got a B and I Olga fucking flips her goddamn that. mind. Yeah, I think and, I like, saw that one. Yeah. At the end, at the end, there's like this really fun moment where Helga like goes in and like tells her what she did. And they have kind of like this really real talk. And like, I don't know, I wish they had that sort of thing more because it's it's yeah, it's very clear that Olga loves Helga and like is just completely oblivious to how upset Helga is all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Olga's voice actress is she's so good. Like her, <laughs> the, 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 the stink that she puts on every <sighs> word is I want to I want to drop I feel like it's her drop first stinky words. Her, yeah, like it's her first <laughs> monologue when she enters the house with a big like bunch of stuff and and she's just like Good morning everyone. Is everyone ready to help me make the Thanksgiving dinner? I was You can help me fold napkins, mommy. Come on, daddy. You have onions to chop and mushrooms to stuff. And Helga, my baby sister. You're my most important helper of all. I love the way she says baby sister. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, they both get really fed up with it, and they they essentially just leave both of their uh, their celebrations uh, mid-stride. Uh, Helga's is a little more explosive than Arnold's, of course. Uh, Arnold basically just leaves without saying anything, but Helga, Helga says that she has nothing to be thankful for at the dinner table, and they, they, like want, they look like they're going to disown her. Uh, I, really I, I, w- I was a little conflicted on this one. Like, so I was it was weird because everybody around the table before Helga gives a pretty shitty answer. So I was surprised at uh-huh. the hard line they take on Helga's just, you know, similarly shitty answer. Well, yeah. And yet it's it's the like. But also you know, she's a kid and the, that was she didn't do what she was asked. And I like they're like, yeah. all right, well, if you're not going to participate, then, you know, you go to your room and come back when you're ready to say what you're thankful for because you're an yeah. 11 year old yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah, and they don't care what she actually says. No. Well, especially because Miriam is like oh, Miriam. Us, like asleep at the table, you know. The yeah. the clearly we've been we've been solidly dog whistled uh <laughs> constantly about about her being an alcoholic without, you know, having to say it outright and make the Nickelodeon censors upset. But like 
you know, she's asleep at the table and she wakes up and her she eyes are all blurry. Out. And for a second, we see through her vision and it's like blurry. And the first thing she sees is the centerpiece. And she's like, I'm thankful for this beautiful centerpiece that Olga made. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus, try a little bit, lady. Ugh. But uh, but yeah, so she leaves and the rest of this episode is... I, I don't know. I, I love I love where this goes uh, with Arnold and Helga meeting up and sort of sharing their sadness and like how upset they are about their situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because because all they've seen so far in the media representations in, in this play being sort of that, but also like store, you know, store displays and of what this perfect Thanksgiving is supposed to be. And they've never had what they feel like are normal families. And they have the impression everybody else has one. Right. They right. just sort of assume everybody who has a normal family must be experiencing this. Must be mm-hmm. living it up right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They must be having so much fucking turkey right now <laughs> uh, with the people they love and cherish. And, uh, you know, they get, they get talking about the play and talking about Mr. Simmons and like, well, that dude fucking has a huge chub for Thanksgiving. So he must be having a great one right now. Yeah. Uh, so let's go check out his shit. This is the fa- my favorite part of the episode. Uh, and I didn't like it as much when I was a kid. I wasn't really paying attention. But as an adult, watching this part with Mr. Simmons' family and the way that they argue and the things that they say, it's so delicious. Are you it's, guys? Yeah. Are you, are you guys picking up on the, the fact that Mr. Simmons is gay? I had I, a feeling. I thought maybe that might be there. And... I just there's so many little things. It's like pretty much everything that all these people at the table say is like skirting around this again to sort of not deal with censors. But mm-hmm. like there's the people at the table or Mr. Simmons and his mom uh, and then his two friends, uh, Peter and Joy. Oh, I thought I did. I didn't. I didn't gather they were friends. I thought they were some sort of just a, a sort of str- this like strange, this strange conglomerate fam. Not conglomerate, but like. I don't know. Right. I just I just got the idea that they it was that sort of like cast of characters family. You know what I mean? Right. Mm. Yeah. But no, the uh, joy no Peter, play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter and Joy are Mr. Simmons friends. And then Uncle Chuck, who's basically just focused on the food and not talking. You know, he's nothing. But Peter. Sorry. Peter did you is- say Uncle Chuck is nothing? <laughs> <laughs> he was there for Sonic. He was there for Sonic his whole life. <laughs> Gave Sonic everything. <laughs> <laughs> he got roboticized for the cause. I know. Um, so his mom is like, I didn't know Peter was coming. And then Peter says, well, there's a lot of things you don't know. And then oh, his, mom's, his mom says, oh, dear, why don't you take Joy to the ballet Saturday? Oh, I love the ballet. <clears throat> and Peter like makes eye contact with him and clears his throat. And Mr. Simmons like immediately changes the subject. I didn't like, catch that shit. at all. It did not. Like, was not. His mo- like his mom's trying to set him up with joy, but clearly he's already like dating Peter on the sly. And like, it's not, I don't know. It's just like, there's so much going on that I absolutely adore. And like, it's that iceberg again, right? Yeah. Well, and speaking of, of like a little more literal iceberg hitting, uh, we, I for- forgot to mention the boat, the Mayflower, uh, <laughs> the boat accident that happened before Mr. Simmons's place. Uh, where Arnold and Helga are just chatting. And then every year the city does a Mayflower boat launch, a christening, and they set off on the Mayflower as like a Thanksgiving thing. 
And then they're watching it come back through the like canal or whatever Mm -hmm. and through the river in the city. And it just fully crashes. And the boat, everybody (laughs) on the boat is like abandoning ship and the Coast Guard is picking them up. (laughs) It's it's some fun English 101 symbolism going on. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, they even call that out. And, but, and they're talking while that happening, while that's happening, they're talking about the play. I keep thinking about Mr. Simmons' Thanksgiving play. (laughs) Yeah. What a crock. But it was the perfect Thanksgiving, Helga. They had a beautiful meal and everybody got along and they were all just thankful to be together. You're right, Arnold. Except for just one thing. That was a play. It wasn't real life. This is real life. And when he's saying this is real life, it cuts to these people being like helped into Coast Guard boats and wearing blankets and like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like super real. I know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So Mr. Simmons and his shitty Thanksgiving where everyone is fighting and sniping at each other uh, to his crazy credit, when Arnold and Helga knock on the door, he's just like, yeah, come on in. It's Thanksgiving. Come in and eat with me. Like, yeah, yeah. He's not nervous. He doesn't hesitate. He's like, oh, I don't know if you should. And it's just uh, no, please come in. Yeah. And of course, you know, they get to see all of this craziness and they like take a moment for themselves in the kitchen and they're like, holy shit, this is so much worse than our families. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Uh, I think Arnold says something like uh, Simmons knocks himself out making this meal and then they're all out there sitting around on their butts and they can't even put aside their petty little differences and be thankful for crying out loud. They wouldn't even go along with this stupid tradition because they're too embarrassed, even though they know it means so much to him. And they both pause, and Helga's like, hmm, hits a little close to home. <laughs> so, so I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool. Mr. Simmons kind of, like, breaks down a little bit and uh, has a really real moment with them. You know, Arnold, the way you always look on the bright side is very, very special. Hey, hey, nice oh, who am I kidding? It's an absolute disaster. What more could go wrong? <sighs> you probably noticed that this isn't the perfect, wonderful Thanksgiving that I wrote about for the pageant. Well, I know that this isn't perfect, but those special people out there are the ones that I love. And every year, it's my little project to get them together in a room and try to make us all thankful for the things we've got. Yeah, like, it's, a, it's a fun, it's a fun, um, you know, exploration of the imperfect Thanksgiving and why it's mm-hmm. worth doing. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, obviously sometimes Thanksgiving is a chore. Sometimes you got to do your chores. So everybody's situation is different. But yes, sometimes you just got to do your chores because, you know, family's family. That means something. And I, I, I thought that that was it's just it's a really cool uh, and and surprisingly complex thing to talk about in a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then so after that, the part that really got me the most was uh, when when these kids come back to their families. Uh, mm. They decide to go back and Helga comes in the door and is just struck by it's almost like a uh, like a Christmas carol kind of thing. Yeah. They haven't they haven't seen her yet. And she gets to see every member of the family panicking and worrying and stressing and talking about Helga in the third person because she's missing. And they're all trying to call the cops and, you know, print out flyers and, you know, search high and low. And she's really like kind of floored by showing them actually give a shit about her. What seems like for the first time. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't love that. Like everyone sort of turns on a dime and we get this like really cute ending, but right. it is nice. It's nice to see. 
they're still just as like emotionally harmful <laughs> than they were before. <laughs> like, obviously they don't, you know, like, yeah, it's nice to know that they care about her in that moment. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and we and, do get to, we get to get to see a teeny bit of a nuanced picture of it because when Olga, Olga dramatically flings herself down the stairs with all these flyers <laughs> that she's designed and printed. Like, I got the flyers, mom. And all the flyers have a picture, but the picture is mostly of Olga and a little bit of Helga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. It's great. There's a fun, a fun little bit of, uh, not realness in like emotional realness. Obviously this episode has had plenty, but just, 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 you know, real life realness, uh, is just what it was like to be a kid at that time living in the city and like, you know, nobody had cell phones mm -hmm. and sometimes you didn't call home for a couple hours and that was a problem. And like mm -hmm. sometimes you had to go to great lengths to figure out how to call. Yeah. And make sure people yeah. know. <laughs> I remember, I remember hanging out at a, at a kid's house in our neighborhood and just sort of leaving a message on the answering machine <laughs> saying, Hey, I'm going to be at this house for a little while. And then a few hours later, People were like, hey, is somebody screaming outside of a, a car yelling, Austin, uh, I think you're in trouble, dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's real. Now, here's something that I love uh, as well, is that when like like Arnold walks Helga to her house and Helga goes in and sees all that stuff and Arnold's watching through the window as like they're all having this cute moment. And we see him standing out there and to himself, he says, Happy Thanksgiving, Helga, which is just such a perfect like callback to the end of the Christmas episode where Helga is watching from the outside in the window oh, at, the, at the, right. the Mr. Wynn reunion and saying Merry Christmas, Arnold. And it's like, I don't know that shit. It's so I don't know. It's corny, but like it that really just it the just Andy button, didn't it? It pushes the Andy <laughs> button. I swear to God, it just wrecks that, me, dude. That turns my little toy boy, my little toy crank. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it gives you a football head. this for me you oh. can't take the skies for me <laughs> watch me <laughs> this all is right. like firefly all, all right. over so. again <laughs> <laughs> uh but then arnold goes home and uh that that's another cute moment they've like yeah the the whole family has sort of like recognized arnold's complaints from earlier about wanting a real thanksgiving and they have thrown him one a surprise um, thanksgiving though yeah, a surprise Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, because because Grandpa Phil is in a is in a, a cloak as like a harbinger of death. <laughs> yeah, they thought they'd be a, they'd play a fun <laughs> like trick on him because they know how guilty Arnold. How Arnold was constantly <laughs> ragged with guilt. He discovers his grandpa like as trapped on the roof. And yeah, <laughs> caught between life and death <laughs> as the as the guardian of the like Infinity Stone or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was there was a line earlier that I that I forgot about that I have to mention so that we can drop it in. Uh, when Arnold was complaining about like why can't we? Yeah, how about if we made turkey and stuffing and pumpkin pie and cranberries this year? What are you crazy, Arnold? We don't get that until the Fourth of July when your grandma thinks it's Christmas. Where have you been? <laughs> 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 oh. 
but yeah, they they have a, a pseudo real Thanksgiving, even though most of them are still in their uh, their Revolutionary War outfits, and uh, and Grandma still sets off all her fireworks at the end. Yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be Thanksgiving without fireworks. And she laughs like a mad woman. Oh fuck, we didn't talk at all about what happens when uh, when Harold catches Arnold in. Is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh-huh. Franklin Franklin outfit. <laughs> yeah, the thing that kind of causes him to run off uh, partially. Oh, God, um, Harold's such also, a such a dumb bully. <laughs> also, I gotta say, fuck this show for creating uh, Arnold and Gerald and Harold and Helga yeah. and Olga, and it's not yeah. easy. It's not easy. I don't know what you're uh, talking about. It's incredibly easy. <laughs> Okay. You just have to remember one name and then twist a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But so Harold, Harold, the the sort of bully guy, shows up to borrow some marshmallows because he already ate all of them for the yams (laughs) and uh, sees Arnold in his Benjamin Franklin costume. And and what does he say now? You look like a like a little bald headed lady with little little rectangle glasses. (laughs) Harold. I'd prefer if you didn't tell anyone that you saw me like this. <laughs> Arnold dressed up for Thanksgiving like a bald-headed lady with little rectangle glasses. <laughs> Arnold's like, yeah, dude, I know. So maybe don't, don't mention this. And then he just runs down the street screaming <laughs> that it's he so- sees this Arnold as a bald-headed lady with rectangle glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so funny because it's like. I, I don't know. There's something there's something so beautiful about about Harold and his uh, his simple understanding of what bullying is, because like usually you want those things that you run around saying to be like, you know, quick and choppy and like maybe a couple uh-huh. words long. But his is like a whole and, sentence and have a little bit like ampy describing the person you're trying to bully negatively, not just like a thing you saw them with. Yeah. <laughs> right. You just right. happen to see I gotta somebody. I got to tell the guys. <laughs> Wait till I tell them. <laughs> I saw Arnold in a funny hat. (laughs) Well, I would love to take a sit down after my mouth is completely numb. What did you do with those scorpions? Or is this from the bottle? I have been eating. Well, you know, it's who's to say which one was the bigger (laughs) mistake. (laughs) Sure. Well, I mean, I know which was the bigger mistake. Uh, Austin and I are currently just crumpled piles of of bone and flesh, uh, (laughs) having not known how to land in the slightest. Terrible canyon accident. They don't tell you that part. They don't. The wingsuit (laughs) doesn't say how to land. No. So it turns out not like planes, not like planes at all. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to just skid down, but my landing gear didn't deploy. (laughs) They didn't tell me. So yeah, Austin and I are currently being scraped up off of the uh, off the I don't know the Grand Canyon. Is that where we were? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, let's do that. Let's say that. So at least you're at least you're better off than we are. Uh, so okay, we did two episodes today, two holiday episodes, uh, and we've already we have watched the Christmas episode before. How are you guys feeling? I'm enjoying it. I'm yeah yeah. yeah. I'm, I have a a strong appreciation for Arnold as an adult. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's a it's a tough it's a tough one because I want to like 
you know, when people people sort of know <laughs> if there's people anything, know me? yeah, if there's things that they know about me at a certain point, they find out that I'm an anime boy and I'm a Hey Arnold boy. And when people who have never watched Hey Arnold are like, oh, yeah, I totally want to watch that. I should totally I should like start watching that. It, I feel a little weird because my experience of it is so specifically as of me as a child and remembering it. And I don't know how bingeable the show is. And so, mm, like, sure, you know, trying to mainline Hey Arnold, I feel like is a weird call because it was the kind of thing that was just really nice to have. Like, oh, here's an episode. It's on when I got home from school. And that was right. it, you know? Well, the nice thing about doing our show is that um, unlike, say, if you're just some some random schmuck on the street who just decides to watch Hey Arnold uh, <laughs> as a 30 year old or, or however old you may happen to be when you're the schmuck on the street, you decide to watch Hey Arnold, you're sort of forced to engage with it either ironically or like just with the self-awareness that you're watching a kid's show. But mm-hmm. since we do that professionally, then we get to kind of just watch <laughs> it straight up. Just yeah. like this is our job. So I, I can just watch Hey Arnold and yeah. uh, and just appreciate it for being good and a kid's show. You don't see a lot of shows like this with emotional maturity. I think that's maybe what gets me the most about it is this sort of mm-hmm. really wise baseline. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it other than just yeah. this this very zen sense of wisdom that the show has. Well, and the, and the other shows that I can think of that do are are not as much like for the most part emotional maturity and like children's morality plays tend to not really overlap much. The shows mm-hmm. that are and and the shows that have that emotional maturity are often just about characters doing something usually it's you know on an adventure or a quest or what have you right uh and not just living daily life and teaching us about right and wrong sure yeah the kids yeah. shows that teach about right and wrong tend to be a little heavy-handed and obtuse mm-hmm. and, or, and it kind of does it it kind of hey arnold i find kind of does it with a with a wink and a laugh but it doesn't undercut the actual thing they were trying to say there's an episode i'm thinking of right now it's kind of goofy and it, it like the way it plays out is a little silly but the bare bones of it are that like Arnold gets mugged at the top of the episode and starts like being really like freaked out about his safety. And so he takes like karate classes and gets really good at like self-defense and then finds the bully again at the end of the episode randomly and like threatens him and has to sort of have that moment of like, this is not cool, actually, though. And like there's an interesting like like there there's an interesting structure of like approaching approaching a a, a meaty topic. <laughs> You know, about like the cycle of violence or that sort of thing. But with like a a child's, you know, understanding and having the trust to put more in than they maybe like would consciously consume. Uh, yeah, because because, you know, that they'll pick it up on some. Level. Well, it gets to right. this thing that I think everybody knows and, and few people quite put into to words is like. You know, a lot of people will say, hey, you know, we don't give kids enough credit. They can handle emotionally mature stuff, which is, you know, generally true, but also plenty are, are not there. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I think what Hey Arnold does that's so great is it, it understands, hey, this it's not so much that we think kids are smarter and that they're the wise ones. It's like <laughs> uh, mature or not, you'll be in situations where that maturity or immaturity is tested and like. You don't have to be the show doesn't have to be written to to not preach that the show doesn't have to treat you like an adult in order to just address the fact that sometimes things will come up. 
you know, yeah. that are right. outside of your, you know, collected experience thus far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good stuff. Good week of shows. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, of course. Next week is going to be fun. Uh, we we have a couple more a couple more of these sort of meaty episodes, uh, including one about therapy. So remind me, are we know. doing three weeks or four weeks of Hey Arnold? Three. Three. So that's the last one. Yes. Next week is our final one. And we're going to be watching the episodes Parents Day and Helga on the Couch. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Great. Then uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Man, I wish that we had a laugh to end on. So say something funny, Rory. Here's a here's a fun one. Uh, tell. Do you guys remember? Here's a joke for everybody that <laughs> I. Here's one that I'm a big fan. <laughs> You guys ever hear the one about the goose that just wouldn't? Who the goose <laughs> just loved? Oh, this goose loved eating sandwiches, and I know what you're thinking. That's too silly. This isn't. That's not how I like my jokes. They need to be. You can't just say a goose of sandwiches. Uh, I, you know, well, that, I don't think that it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs>